This is Radio Energy News. Good afternoon. You're listening to Energy Radio with Molly Finlay. Today's headlines. The COP27 climate conference kicks off in Egypt this week. The UN chief warns the world is in the fight of our lives as he addresses the summit today. We are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator. Commuters face ongoing disruption after the RMT union failed to cancel industrial action in time to prevent travel chaos. Good on them, like I hope yeah. they get their money. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I kind of, we were saying today we don't mind if there's a delay. Like it's, uh, it's good if they get what they're needing. And Twitter is to delay its introduction of its $7.99 subscription charge for verified members until after the US midterm elections. It comes after mass staff layoffs. The the way that it's been done, not necessarily through any formal meetings or arrangements, but instead you find out by not having access to your email or your work laptop. Today's top story. The UN Climate Conference has begun in Egypt this week. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak arrived last night despite claiming earlier in the month he wouldn't fit a visit into his busy schedule. Reporter Sam Peck has spoken to Tory MSP Jeremy Balfour about Sunak's expected proposals. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is due to speak this afternoon at the COP conference. We asked Jeremy Balfour, MSP, for the Lothians if he could comment on the Tories' agenda, past and present. Uh, the line that the UK government has taken over the last number of years, um, and that is to, you know, set ambitious targets in regard to um, climate change and to commit us um, as a country. Uh, to be at the forefront of the changes that are required. Thank you. Do you feel the Tories have followed up on their pledges from COP26? I'm obviously it's been a, a, a difficult year in, in regard to um, the coming out of COVID and then after that the whole economic. But I think we have. I think we, we, we have set ourselves very ambitious targets in regard to that. Um, I think clearly... Um, the devolved nations, Scotland, uh, Wales uh, and Northern Ireland have a part to play as well. But I think the targets set by the West, Westminster government um, are achievable, but it will take everyone working together uh, to be able to do that. Thank you. And I just wondered what you thought of um, Boris claiming that he's the spirit of Glasgow. Well, I think clearly he did do a, had a very big impact last year. You know, he, he went along I think he, along with um, several members of his cabinet, did drive the agenda. They took it further than I think most people had expected to go. Uh, and I think you can see even in his comments today that he is very much committed to this, um, our, as are all Conservatives. Um, we do need to see this as a, an issue that we need to grasp with. It, it can't wait. But we need other nations to step up as well. You know, we need um, America, China, India, other countries to start playing their part as well, or none of us are going to uh, benefit from the changes. Thank you very much. That was Sam Peck on the COP27 conference this week. ScotRail are running a limited service across the country, despite the RMT union halting planned industrial action on Friday. ScotRail said the decision came too late to prevent severe disruption to its services, meaning their busiest Edinburgh to Glasgow line is running just two trains per hour. Reporter Christine Fernand has been speaking to commuters at Waverley train station. 
Today, Waverley Station is functioning but very quiet. Trains are running, however, they are reduced. ScotRail is working with Network Rail to ensure routes are ready as soon as possible. However, it won't be possible for all routes to operate until Tuesday the 8th. Saturday strike action has left commuters travelling today amidst further disruption. More planned strike action for Wednesday the 9th has been withdrawn. Today, ScotRail will operate a limited timetable that would have taken place on Monday today. Could I ask both of you if... It has had any impact on your travelling, hey, darling? Yes, it did on Saturday. <laughs> Very much so on Saturday. I was meant to come into Edinburgh on Saturday and got to the station because I was under the impression on Friday that they were ne- the strikes had been called off on Saturday. But uh, in fact, when I got to the station, there were no trains. So in fact, they weren't called. Only it was a. Uh, some of the routes were working, but not North Berwick to Edinburgh. So yeah, it's a nuisance. And my train got cancelled, um, but because they got, you know, postponed, somebody I was able to get home, so it's not been too bad, but it did affect me. Yeah. The complexity of rewriting train timetables and rosters for thousands of staff and mobilising trains means that there is still disruption. However, three commuters I spoke to were heavily in support of the unions and their negotiations for improved conditions and pay to reflect inflation and the cost of living. Good on them, like I hope yeah. they get their money. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. I kind of, we were saying today we don't mind if there's a delay. Like it's, uh, it's good if they get what they're needing. That was reporter Christine highlighting the disruption commuters faced this weekend due to ScotRail strikes. In today's local news... Reporters Ailey and Georgia investigate the banning of popular game Sheddy at one of Edinburgh's largest primary schools. The police hunt for two dog nappers who stole a Labrador in broad daylight. And finally, we hear the public opinion on Edinburgh's Christmas market being crowned best in Europe. Sheen's Primary, one of Edinburgh's largest schools, are looking for a solution to the recent reduction of playground space to make way for new classrooms. Initial proposals to expand the existing playground onto the road have been knocked back due to a reported lack of funds and potential legal backfire. Sheen's primary deputy head teacher, Joe Armstrong, shared his thoughts. We've been campaigning alongside the Parent Council for the last couple of years, really since, really since COVID hit, to get that road outside Sheen's primary school extended as, as, as a play space for, for our children. So realistically, we've just, we've just not got the space for all the children that we've got in the school. A conclusion is yet to be reached. And perhaps most troublesome of all, pupils and parents alike have complained that a popular playground game known as Sheddy has been banned. The game involves pupils running from one bicycle shed at one end of the playground to a bicycle shed at the other, and was deemed too dangerous for the new small space. You can imagine if the primary sevens are running like a kind of tsunami wave, imagine if you're a primary one, two or three child out there as well, and what that feels like when those children are running full tilt in your direction. So I guess what we said to the children was it's maybe not the best game they could play. It can come as quite a surprise for a number of kids, and there's, there's quite a lot of metal and structures that are there. So that was our, that was our reasoning for kind of suggesting that that might not be the best choice. The search is on for a three-year-old black lab called Echo, who was stolen last night in Leith Links by two masked men in dark clothing. The dog nappers sped off in a silver vehicle after pushing the dog's owner, Lorraine Gordon. Her daughter said she's part of the family and for this to happen so close to Christmas is just brutal. The incident occurred in broad daylight, just after 1pm, in her local park. Police Scotland are appealing for any witnesses. Edinburgh's Christmas market has been dubbed the best in Europe by global interest magazine National Geographic. This follows concerns that the popular Christmas event would be cancelled altogether as the original organisers pulled out just weeks before it was due to begin. 
The market, which extends across Prince's Street Gardens, is expected to draw thousands to the heart of Edinburgh when it officially opens to the public next Friday, the 19th of November. A hopeful attendee shared her excitement with us. It's such a multicultural space, like you can go there and there's something for everyone and you see a lot of different segments of society and different people enjoying enjoying the festivities no matter what they believe in. It's very colourful and it just brings, brings a lot of people a lot of joy. Thank you, Ailey and Georgia. Fingers crossed Edinburgh's Christmas runs this year. A 65-year-old man has been charged in connection with two deaths at Greendikes Road in Edinburgh on Tuesday. A 40-year-old remains under arrest as inquiries continue. Lizzie Mabout reports on rising crime rates in Edinburgh. A 65-year-old man was charged with murder after two bodies were found in an Edinburgh flat. Emergency services were called and found two men aged 66 and 37 years old dead inside. As much as the perpetrators were arrested and charged, Susan Balfour of the major investigation team said she understands how upsetting this incident is to the local community, noting that there has been a rise of crime rate in Edinburgh, as it was named the second highest for crime in the country. We talked to a few people on the streets of Edinburgh on the crime rate, and this is what they had to say. Yeah, I think we have, you know, people have to be vigilant, and particularly women, I guess, on their mm. own. Um, I live in the local area, and I feel it's very safe to walk it in the, at night in the dark, I guess. I am aware for many years there's been an issue for women, particularly walking across the meadows, so that would be the one exception, I think. I've heard that there's been an increase in sexual assaults on the meadows, which has definitely made me much more nervous walking home from the library at night. Um, so now me and my flatmates refuse to walk home alone and we walk together just to try and maintain a level of consideration for each other. So yeah, it's nerve-wracking for sure. Despite the increase of crime, some people still feel safer in Edinburgh compared to other cities. Well, you see, it's difficult for me because we've come from South Africa, which has one of the worst murder and rape rates in the world. So we found Edinburgh so lovely. You know, if there is a rise in crime, it's got to be it's got to be taken care of. But I must say that Edinburgh is one of the safest places I've ever lived. So we are really loving the kids being able to go around on their own. But we've got to keep it that way. Okay. Yeah. That was Lizzie Mabout reporting that Edinburgh has the second highest crime rate in Scotland. In international news. Musk continues his Twitter takeover, and the midterm elections get underway in the US. Sandia reports. In Spain, the police have seized the biggest haul of cannabis there or anywhere. 32 tons of packaged marijuana has been found and it's reported to have a street value of £56 million, making it the largest amount of marijuana ever discovered in one go. Nine men and 11 women have been arrested. In the U.S. midterm early voting period, more than 40 million votes have already been cast. There are, however, still many millions of people due to cast their votes over the course of Tuesday. Biden will appear at a rally in Maryland, a state normally considered a Democratic stronghold, while Trump is holding an evening rally in Ohio for J.D. Vance, an author and former Trump critic. Twitter will delay its introduction of its $7.99 monthly subscription charge for its blue ticks until after the U.S. midterm elections tomorrow. The symbol represents an account on the platform being verified. Elon Musk is also reportedly banning impersonators and is trying to rehire fired workers. Chris Stokel Walker, a technology journalist and commentator, spoke to Sky's Anna Jones about the impact of Musk's actions. The, the way that it's been done, not necessarily through any formal meetings or arrangements, but instead... You find out by not having access to your email or your work laptop. And I know that it's affecting a huge number of employees. And you have to bear in mind, obviously, it's not just those who leave, the unfortunate half of the employees who 
end up out of a job after this, but it's also those who remain. How do they feel in terms of job security when they see all of their colleagues disappearing in this way? Instagram are enforcing stricter rules for users who are trying to change their age on the app. The platform is introducing new verification checks, which will either be done using technology or by a user uploading ID. Those from under to over 18 will now have to prove their age. The site says their system will protect privacy while also making sure young people are seeing age-appropriate content. Music stars are paying tribute to singer Aaron Carter, who's died at the age of 34. The former child star and brother of Backstreet Boys member Nick Carter was reportedly found dead in the bath at his home in California. His representative says the cause is being investigated. He was known for hits including I Want Candy and Aaron's Party. That was our reporter Sandia reporting on international news. Stay with Energy Radio this week to stay up to date on the results of the US midterm elections. Now to Philippa Howie for today's sports roundup. Now, the latest sport highlights on Radio Energy. It's been another big weekend for Scottish football, with several shock results in the Scottish Premiership. St Johnson triumphed in front of a home crowd with an unexpected 2-1 win against Rangers, taking them to sixth in the Premiership standings. Rangers boss Giovanni van Bronckhurst expressed his disappointment at the result. In the end, we, we played more against ourselves than against the opponent. Also putting on a show for their home crowd were Aberdeen, adding another shock result to this weekend's football roundup, beating Hibs 4-1. Managing to retain their winning streak over the weekend were Hearts, who beat Motherwell 3-2 yesterday, and Celtic, who beat Dundee United 4-2 on Saturday, holding on to their place at the top of the leaderboard. Celtic manager Andrew Postercoglu was not surprised by his team's success. It's just credit to the players, you know, they just don't, uh, they don't give up, or dare I say, they don't stop. And um, it's something that, you know, we, we kind of instilled in them from day one and they've embraced it. It was a better result for Scottish rugby fans this weekend, with Scotland beating Fiji 28-12 in front of a home crowd in the Autumn Test Series. Murrayfield didn't witness Scotland's best performance on Saturday, with the Scottish side getting off to a slow start. It's hoped Scotland will be on better form for their match against the All Blacks next weekend, with some changes expected within coach Gregor Townsend's squad. It's been revealed this afternoon that popular fly half Finn Russell has been called back to the team. Scotland versus New Zealand kicks off at 2.15 in BT Murrayfield this Sunday. There will be celebrations amongst Scottish golf fans as Gemma Dryborough wins her first ever LPGA Tour title at Seta Golf Club in Japan. The 29-year-old's achievement marks the first Scottish win on the Tour since 2011. Acknowledging her win, Dryborough took to Twitter to thank her team, parents and Japan, writing that the country has stolen a piece of her heart. The win sees Miss Dryborough move to second place in overall Tour rankings, with the next leg of the tournament taking place in Florida from November the 10th. That was Philippa with our Sports Roundup. Good luck to Scotland in their game against the All Blacks this weekend. And finally, a local comedy group has hosted their first charity event in aid of Ukrainian refugees, raising over £150. Reporters Sophia Kerr and Laura McCarthy chatted to those involved in the event to find out more. You've got a great headliner. (laughs) You guys ready for Crystal It was a full house last night in Bundits of Leith where comedy fundraising group The Do-Gooders were hosting their first charity event. Yeah, and they, you know, they don't teach us a lot about world geography in the US, so uh, yeah, I have no idea what part of Ireland this is. So. <laughs> <laughs> out there, um... The show was headlined by Crystal Evans, who was recently seen on the BBC New Comedy Awards and hosted by Chris Weir, Best Newcomer nominee for the Scottish Comedy Awards. 
Heather Ross, founder of the Do Gooders Charity Group, spoke about the motivations behind this event. Actually, the reason I started doing this show is because I quit comedy, but I still want to run a show, still wanted to produce something really great, and I still wanted to make something that audiences would like and that that would do something good. Um, my partner is Polish-Ukrainian, so she, um, we were all heartbroken. So I've been wanting to put this show together for some time. The Edinburgh Ukrainian Club, um, because I talked to my partner about, about what she thought would be best, but also they do a mix of helping people who are arriving in Scotland, and they also um, help people who are on the ground. So I just thought they were the perfect place to reach out to. All proceeds are going to the Edinburgh Ukrainian Social Club that helps to support Ukrainian refugees who have come to Scotland. Tanya Balbanova, community coordinator at the Ukrainian Social Club, spoke about the organisation and how the money raised would be used. As the association, we are trying to support Ukrainians here in Edinburgh where Ukrainians can get acquainted with each other, just, I don't know, share their experience and get the answers to all the questions that they've got. If we are raising any money, they are going towards, we have the warehouse uh, from which we are sending the humanitarian aid to Ukraine. The evening was a roaring success with plans already in place to have another do-gooders event in the future. So we ended up raising £150. We did have a full house, yeah, we did. But it was, it was definitely a packed house and it was so fun. It was after the success of last night. Um, both me and Bundage would like to make do-gooders a monthly thing and I would switch the acts obviously and then I would also switch to charity so I'm going to do something new every month. was someone who had an incredible laugh and she made a, people don't know this, but if you have a weird laugh, you can make a whole evening of comedy better without even knowing it. A night of laughter and bow buns, all for a good cause. You say to me, oh Crystal, you do stand-up? God, that is so brave. I could never do that. And I'm like, you think I'm brave? There's people who do this that suck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Great work from the do-gooders. Now for the weather and travel report. Now, the weather on Radio Energy. Scotland's weather, mostly cloudy with outbreaks of rain. Bursts of occasionally heavy rain to spread east throughout the afternoon. Temperature will be around 14 degrees in Edinburgh, with fresh southerly winds. Expect a cold night ahead. This is Radio Energy. Travel. And Edinburgh's travel. Temp lights are in place on Morningside Road as the Scottish water attend a leak. Heavy congestion in the Craigleith area as a large fuel spill is reported in the retail park. Works on Murrayfield Road and Roseburn resume after a temporary removal for this weekend's rugby. Delays expected. Finally, Telford Road carriageways resurfacing resumes tonight, resulting in temp lights and the closure of Grothill Avenue as well as Telford Drive. Good afternoon. A roundup of today's headlines. The UN chief has warned the COP27 climate conference that we are on a highway to climate hell. Rishi Sunak is expected to speak this afternoon. Rail services face continued disruption despite a series of strikes being called off. Strikes planned by ScotRail services for weekends leading up to Christmas remain on the table. Finally, Elon Musk has postponed his plans to charge a subscription fee to verified Twitter users. It comes after mass staff layoffs worldwide. Keep up to date with the latest news on the EN4 website. I've been Molly Finlay on Energy Radio. See you next week and good afternoon. This is Radio Energy News. 